Recorded live. Yeah, that's what happened. Is, is I, I checked today. I think what happened was is um, when I. But, um, there's, um, so the, that's the NXT, that's just, uh, yeah, we can do out of focus milk and kind of thing.
him. Welcome to Sports Entertainment Center. I'm your host, Sean O'Brien, with my co-host, John Huck. And today we're going to have a SummerSlam preview. There's a plenty of great action on the card, but we're going to start from the bottom and work our way up. So we have the first matchup we have for the night is Dolph Ziggler versus Rusev. John, uh, what are your thoughts on this match? Um, my thoughts are that this could have been a great wrestling match, but they uh, clouded the judgment with the uh, Dog and Pony show with Summer Rae and Lana. Uh, essentially, they um, think that they've overextended themselves with a storyline that uh, hasn't followed the traditional uh, storyline where Lana was using Dolph. Uh, instead, they kind of said it wasn't that way from the start, but they didn't have anything else in their uh, creative tank to um, go with. So we've had this very convoluted storyline, and I feel that uh, Rusev will probably take it because I don't think that WWE Creative has anything for uh, Dolph going forward. Yeah, I think this match, uh, honestly, it's, it's not going to be that great. I mean, the guys, these guys have potential to be great. I mean, both individually are, are you know, solid wrestlers. Uh, they've placed a lot of focus with the women, and like you said, the dog and pony show. It's kind of taken away from what might have been better, but... Uh, you know, Rusev, I, I really think I'm rooting for him to win here. Um, I think he needs it more as a young, you know, young up-and-comer. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, he's really had his chance, and, and I, I used to be a big fan of his until, like, the last year or so, where, you know, at times you can defend him and go, oh, you know, the creative doesn't have a lot for him, or, you know, and, and, and play that IWC, well with me role. But I think we've gotten to the point with Dolph Ziggler where he's, he's capped out, he's maxed out. I don't see him evolving at any time soon or progressing in anything else kind of stale these last few years, and his promo abilities uh, really leave a lot to be desired. I mean, when you think he, he was on the cusp of something great, and then the last few promos I've seen of his, it just, they're so hokey, and maybe he can, he can be a better heel, obviously, but as a face, you know, there's really nothing for Dolph Ziggler, uh, and, the, you know, the crowd's not behind him like they were, you know, and now that role belongs to Cesaro. Um, and, and like you said, if, if Ziggler wins, what do you do with him? Uh, Rusev has a lot more to gain from here, and I think they need, really need to establish him uh, following you know, that John Cena, you know, taking away his manhood pretty much. But uh, I guess up next on the card we have the uh, Team Bella versus Team Bad and the very originally titled PCB in a three-team elimination match. Uh, yeah, um, basically this is uh, the uh, Divas Revolution in action, and... I personally think that the team that has to win is either PCB or uh, Team Bad, uh, only and and only if Sasha Banks is the one that gets that pinfall because we're trying to establish a new face in uh, a new faces in uh, the WWE uh, because you could give it to uh, Charlotte, Becky Lynch, or Sasha, any of the NXT girls that have come up. Um, I feel that that it would probably be best suited for whoever they think is going to be facing um, Bella uh, on the upcoming pay-per-view, uh, and I would go with either um, Becky Lynch, uh, Charlotte, or uh, Sasha Banks. Um, probably, I I I feel that I would go with uh, Becky Lynch only because I feel like she's the freshest of the three. 
although I think that Sasha is coming off of um, she'll probably be coming off of that loss uh, over against Bailey. So I'm 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 guessing it's going to be uh, Becky Lynch. Here's the uh, the pro in regards to you know women this this match at SummerSlam, this women's match at SummerSlam, and also over the last few weeks with Raw uh, and SmackDown. The women are getting more time. It's actually they're putting a full force effort, just like with the tag team division, to you know, uh, make it mean something, make it significant. The con here is that it's happening in the least organic way possible with this hashtag Divas Revolution, as so aptly named and repeated by Michael Cole and all the announcers until you're literally so sick of hearing it. Um, you know, you don't need to sit there and introduce them and tell them why they're special. We've seen it in NXT. We know what these girls can do. You know, they should have integrated them a little bit better, not all at once. I thought it was, you know, kind of blown their load, so to speak. Um, that being said, I think the uh, it's a shame that the Divas title is not being put up uh, for contention in your second biggest show of the year. Uh, we will see some interesting action. Uh, you know, the Bella Twins and Alicia Fox, they're almost like, in a way, like dinosaurs here because uh, they can kind of see their spot is up for grabs and all these young girls are going to, you know, more than willing to take it. Team Bad, you know, outside of Sasha Banks, Naomi, you know, she's kind of in that little window where she's, she's going to miss her time. She, she's there and she's trying so hard. I, I give her credit for that. Uh, Tamina is an absolute, you know, journey woman, so to speak. But uh, Sasha Banks is definitely the, the bright spot there. And when you have Paige and Charlotte and Becky Lynch, I'd probably give the uh, the win to that team for sure. Because either, you know, like you said, Charlotte or Becky Lynch, you know, could face Nikki Bella at the next pay-per-view. Um, and the only other team that would even have a chance would be obviously Team Bad. But the, the Team Bella is not going to win here. We know that for sure. Uh, heading into the what could be the sleeper match of the night is Kevin Owens and Cesaro. Yeah, no, uh, we've got uh, Kevin Owens and uh, Cesaro essentially. Uh, they're like kind of the future of that main event scene. They, uh, Kevin Owens has he, he just um, is, is trying to recover from the uh, Cena um, and uh, reestablish himself, but I feel that the Cesaro section is catching on, and I feel that WWE is about to take notice of that, and with uh, Owens kind of playing that, uh, like being on the fence of being in NXT, I feel that uh, Cesaro has the most to gain, um, by giving him the win here. So uh, I would say bring on the, the swing and, uh, you know, let the king of swing uh, reign again. Yeah, the, uh, I really feel this is going to be the, the match of the night. Uh, both guys are incredibly physical, incredibly talented, very intelligent. The trouble here is that they've booked themselves into a corner where Kevin Owens, is, you know, he needs, he needs to gain that momentum from losing to Cena so he doesn't look like, you know, he's like they say wins and losses don't matter in wrestling, but when you're just coming into the company and, you know, the main roster, and he did what he did and beat Cena, that win mattered. And the follow-up was what we expect against Cena. You know, like guys like Bray Wyatt and uh, Rusev, is, oh, he'll just beat you down three more matches in a row. He doesn't care about losing that one match. Uh, and like you said, Cesaro is uh, on a big roll right now, probably biggest since, uh, you know, a few years ago when he was winning the Andre the Memorial Battle Royal, whatever that was. Uh, they really, you know, dropped the ball there, and now I think it's that they've taken notice. They've just chosen to do nothing about it in the last 
eight months or so, and now they're finally, you know, every week now they're showing, showcasing him. So I think they have, they know what they have in their hands. It's more like Daniel Bryan, where the crowd really gets behind him, like you've seen with those Cesaro section signs. Except Cesaro rarely has injuries, which is a, a you know, a blessing for WWE. So they really need to take advantage of that. Um, so I see Cesaro winning this one, even though Owens needs it badly. I think Cesaro is on a bigger role and uh, can really benefit from it. Up next, we have the Arrows with Stephen Amell from the hit show Arrow on CW and Neville versus the Cosmic Kings, Stardust, and King Barrett. And um, while the chemistry is undeniable between Stardust and King Barrett, uh, I just feel that the WWE takes care of their guests, whether it was Mike um, Tyson punching out uh, HPK or uh, Snooki um, <laughs> with uh, Trish Stratus and uh, John Morrison. Uh, I just feel that this match has that, um, that type of tone to it and is more for uh, the fans and the and the kids of the WWE uh, to help establish Neville as a player. I, what I really like about this match is, for once with a celebrity guest, they've actually hit you know on multiple levels. Uh, what I would say is success. You've got Stephen Amell who is uh, in that on the sh show Arrow that's got the same demographic as wrestling fans, you know, especially that male demographic who are in you know the battle of good versus evil comics and and all the like. Uh, also, he's a, he's a celebrity who is incredibly athletic. And you, you know he's a quick learner, he's smart, and he can catch on to what they're teaching him in the last few weeks or so. I mean, I'm not sure if he's been training at the Performance Center, but uh, I can almost bet on it that he likely is. You know, I haven't heard a word about it, but safe to say he, he probably is. Um, I could see him even breaking out maybe a moonsault or something that we, we wouldn't expect, but he's very agile. He, you know, he's shown he can, you know, hit those things, and I'm, I'm not sure, what, you know, how much – of a role he'll play in terms of you know ring time, but we all know we all know Neville is very exciting, and the Cosmic Kings that we've seen from them is you know they they were kind of ignored for the last few months. Um, you know Stardust was on and off TV. King Bear was jobbing out to our truth on pre-shows, uh, but I think they finally hit their stride. And I love the name Cosmic Kings, rolled right off the tongue, and that segment on Raw you know it just looks so natural that you know, and it had this like 1960s Batman feel to it with two evil villains and. A little hokey, but also very fun. Um, but like you said, I see the feel-good win. Amel, uh, he's not only going to be involved in the pin, I believe he's going to hit the final move that leads to the pin. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of um, finisher they choose for him. Uh, I wouldn't, be, uh, For some reason, I'm pre in my head, I'm predicting a, a moonsault. So. Up next, we have you know, a mouthful here, but we have the primetime players as the tag team champions defending their titles in a fatal four-way match against Los Matadors, Lucha Dragons, and New Day. All right, yeah. Um, I feel that this uh, is a bit of um, a cluster with uh, Lucha Dragons and Los Matadors being thrown into what could have been a great match between primetime players and the uh, oh, and New Day, obviously. Um, and while uh, I'm, I'm going to go for the, uh, New Day because they've uh, established that gimmick um, and uh, are finally like kind of clicking with the uh, the audience, even despite them being heels. 
they uh, feel like they the, their footing is good. I don't think it does anything for primetime players to keep the titles um, because they ha- really haven't done anything with them. Uh, although the Titus uh, commentary uh, didn't ha- was was pretty entertaining. Um, it actually, I feel that um, New Day keeping it would probably be best if they are bringing in Enzo and Cass uh, from NXT. Uh, if not, um, maybe give it to the Lucha Dragons only just to establish them a little bit more within the scene. But uh, my gut says uh, New Day is going to be taking this one. You know, I used to think that when you'd have these big clusters and all these you know wrestlers, I thought that meant more time. But in this case, I believe it's going to be you know, blink you might miss it. It's going to be a bunch of you know fast and furious action, and it probably won't go more than ten minutes. Um, Got you know the primetime players have been on an absolute roll, and I, I they finally got the tag team title reign they deserved after you know years of being together, and they even had that split at one point, which no one was really sure of. Um, but also you have the New Day, who's you know just you know on the heel side, they're they're on an equally big a tear. Uh, you know I, I really just think most matters is we all know that they're an absolute filler, and they're never progressing beyond this. They're only popular because of a miniature guy dressed as a fake bull. Uh, the Lucha Dragons, they are. More so Callisto, really. Uh, Sincara, I could Sincara less about him. But uh, you know, so I, I really don't see them catching on as much as they did in NXT. You know, they, I think Callisto will have a nice singles run at some point. Um, but, uh, you know, I, when, when you come right down to it, it's a process of elimination. It's going to be between PTP and uh, New Day. Like you said, I, I would see New Day winning it if they plan on you know, bringing Cass and Enzo on Raw uh, out of nowhere and maybe even doing like a – they win the tag team titles on their first night or something like that to get people talking. Um, if not, I see PTP winning here and continuing their role. Uh, great tag team champions. Now, speaking of tag team action, we have a build family versus family match with the Wyatt family versus Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns. Uh, yes. Uh, the Wyatt family here, I feel, is going to go over um, because – of a, uh, a miscue on Ambrose or Reigns' part. I'm not exactly sure which uh, is going to go heel or could potentially go heel here, but I don't feel that they need to go heel. I feel that that would be a forced um, storyline, especially in an era where it's so hard to establish uh, a face that people get behind. And I feel like while Dean can be a little hokey at times, I feel that the audience is with him. Uh, Reigns has shown that he's willing to learn, and he's not just that um, that poster boy uh, for the Federation. He's actually willing to try different things, uh, so it doesn't just look like they're trying to make him like out to be Goldberg or whatnot uh, with a, like a streak or a, you know with the heavy heavy push, which so many people resented him for because it was. Uh, taking away that spot that many people felt was uh, deserved by uh, Daniel Bryan. Now, on the flip side of that, the Wyatt family has just reunited, and I feel that they need uh, a win here to reestablish that family. And if nothing else, uh, hopefully uh, Rowan is healthy enough to at least do a run-in. I don't see why he couldn't potentially do a run-in and just stand in the background um, for their matches. Uh, uh, so 
in closing, I would uh, go with the Wyatt family for the win. I would have to agree there. I believe the Wyatt family does need this more. Uh, Dean Annabush and Roman Reigns, people have been talking about the heel turn, actually, for both of them are capable of it. And I would, I would think it would actually at this point make a little bit of sense. You know, they talk so hard about family in these two, and actually we know, we know they're not blood brothers at all, but, you know, being together in the shield has, you know, formed that very tight bond. Um, and it's almost one of those things where you think about it that WWE hears through the dirt sheet that everyone's expecting a heel turn, so maybe they'll hold off on it for another month or so, give us some more tag team action next month or whatever, and then have the turn. Uh, either guy, Ambrose or Reigns, could benefit from it because people naturally want to hate Roman Reigns for how, you know, good-looking he is, and he's, you know how, what was all handed to him back at WrestleMania season. But if you're really looking to turn someone heel, I, I would lean toward Dean Ambrose. Roman Reigns has finally gained his traction as a, you know, found his role right now, and he's on, he's on a roll. I'm not, I'm not his biggest fan, but I have to admit his in-ring work lately has, you know, played to his strengths, and uh, his promos have been tamed down a little bit, where he's not, you know, having these silly, you know, rhymes or whatever they call them, or fairy tales. Uh, Ambrose is definitely a better heel. Uh, but I do see the Wyatt family winning here. It would be a shame, actually, if it, it was because of a heel turn, because the Wyatt family needs that clean win, that decisive victory. Uh, and, and Bray Wyatt is, you know, he, he needs to look like he has some sort of purpose and some sort of agenda. He has all these promos every week about, you know, all this and that and whatnot, and these vague cryptic promos. But he needs to deliver for once on them without the help of a, of a little boy, like in that steel cage match against Cena. So, uh, and then in the other match he won was because of the, uh, the hologram. So I, I really think the Wyatt family needs a decisive victory tonight, regardless of whether Ambrose or Roman Reigns turns heel. Uh, up next, we have probably the match of the night, just kidding, between Ryback, Big Show, and Miz for the Intercontinental title. Tell us about this, John. Oh, yes. Um, I would definitely uh, I definitely see Ryback winning this uh, because Big Show's pretty stale. And while the Miz uh, is kind of in the um, – kind of being talked about because of his tough enough role, uh, I just feel that if they wanted to give the title to Miz or Big Show, they would have just stripped the title from Ryback uh, while he was uh, away on injury. And uh, that's that, that's basically I, all I can say about this match because they've just they've, they've they played it out on Raw. I think my prediction in this match could pretty much be the size of a tweet, but I'll you know go against that. I'll expand a little bit. Uh, I do agree with you that Ryback is likely going to win. Uh, and just for your reasoning, um, while it won't be, he could do some sort of you know lift lift to the Big Show. You know they really want to surprise us, uh, maybe even include Miz and Big Show and somehow do some crazy spot. Uh, Big Show's in stale, and even he admitted in an interview recently where he said that he's on. Uh, I could see him in an, a road agent or coaching role in the development center at some point. Is uh, I think it's most deserving of a win here, honestly. I mean, Ryback's great and all, but I think the Miz tried the hardest. He's he has that you know he, he that charisma and he can promote the product. He's a great ambassador. Uh, he he incredible work ethic. No one really gives him credit for. It. They always run a troll on him and trash him. So the Miz is probably one of the most underrated performers in WWE. Uh, so I, I got, he deserves it the most. But like for the reason you said, I believe Ryback will likely get the win tonight. Uh, got up here next. Randy Orton versus Sheamus. Uh, is there anything more that can be said about that matchup that hasn't? Uh, that this is another matchup that I've seen entirely way too much of, and I I don't understand um, the WWE's need to push Sheamus because he fails to get a reaction. While Orton, despite not being given anything um, worthwhile, 
crowd favorite, probably because of his um, RKO and how much the fans loved seeing that move. So I would give it to Randy Orton, um, and especially like on the off chance that they're really going to give the world title to Sheamus because of the money in the bank. I feel that this is only going to throw people more off his scent and probably give uh, Orton a title shot against Sheamus uh, on the following pay-per-view if they decide to go that route. I really wish they wouldn't, but um, WWE does some things that are redundant at times, and uh, they fail to listen to fans, so it very well could happen. So I'm going to go with uh, Orton. You know, we've seen this match so many times before that it's very played out. Uh, about Randy Orton, I've heard people call him Teflon because he can really do a, you know a lot with you know pretty much nothing. Uh, it didn't face up that finisher, uh, the RKO. Everyone loves to see it, and it's gotten popular with those YouTube videos with the mashups, and it can be pretty entertaining. Uh, and he, he can hit it in a multitude of ways. Uh, on the flip side, Sheamus, you know, just like his skin color, he's very vanilla. Uh, as, a, as a Money in the Bank winner, I don't see why. They really chose him for that because there's nothing. The one thing you want with that money in the bank is you want it to be unpredictable and and it happen and people are excited for it. No matter how much you try to you know force that upon us with shame, it's just not there. The guy comes out every week with these promos that are you know since his WB career began about five years ago. Nothing special about them. They're cheesy. They're hokey. You know, Tries. I'm giving credit for that. I mean the man is putting the effort in. It's just. Whether as a heel or a face, I thought this was his final turn to be able to establish himself as a dominant heel. I thought he could bring out something outside of what he'd been giving us lately. And it just turns out, similar to Dolph Ziggler, there's truly nothing there. Um, and he's out. But uh, I think Randy Orton should win here uh, based off how much the, you know, more popular he is with the crowd. Unfortunately, in WWE's eyes, I see Sheamus actually winning because they want to establish him as a threat, uh, and you need to have your Money in the Bank guy win on the second biggest or lose on the second biggest show of the year. So I, I see Sheamus winning. RKO himself. On the co-main event of the night, we're going to have John Cena, the U.S. Champion, versus Seth Rollins, the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Title versus title. What do you think about this match, John? Uh, I feel that this is I feel that this match uh could potentially be the match of the night um if uh Seth and John are, I mean cuz John has done some good stuff with uh Kevin Owens recently he even had a really good match you know back when he faced Daniel Bryan so when he has the right opponent he they they can bring something out of John and John, John does step up his game so I definitely feel that uh, Seth has been dressed down, though, severely by uh, John Cena. And I feel that he needs this win way more than Cena would. It would help establish him as a uh, as the main event guy, as the world champion. Unfortunately, I feel that uh, John Cena is, you know, the Hulk Hogan of this era. And... Uh, WWE, uh, 
they shove things down your throat until you, uh, you know, acknowledge that they're great or pay money for a T-shirt or whatnot. And he sold a crap ton of merchandise, so they're, they're doing something right. But at the same time, I feel that Seth winning this uh, would be best. What's what's best for business? So what you're telling me is, uh, in 20 years, John Cena is going to make racial remarks and get uh, <laughs> executed by WWE and executed, whatever you call it. No, but uh, I see this match as a really you know, a big hindrance and big problem. They booked themselves in a corner. They had no idea what they wanted to do after Rollins uh, and Lesnar. You know, that was never there to be a rivalry. It was just there to sell you know some buys with, with Lesnar challenging for the title. The thing about John Cena with the U.S. Championship is that he, we all knew what the, the intention was: raise the value of it, um, the integrity of it, and have this open, and where you know anyone could have a chance at it. It, it com- uh, provided for some compelling matchups: uh, Cesaro, Kevin Owens, got uh, at it, which is great. You know, it's good wrestling, and it shows that John Cena can really help you know up the game of people. He's Flip side of that, though, uh, John Cena. The reason that the championship exists or has been focal point on, to eventually whoever wins it from him will get that rub. Uh, in this situation, if Seth Rollins were to win it, the rub wouldn't be as big. Um, Kevin Owens winning before. Uh, you know, like you said, John Cena this whole entire time has been dressing down Seth Rollins to real extent or an unnecessary extent, and that's the problem with John Cena in these matchups uh, that he's in. He, he's supposed to build up all these performers throughout these rivalries, and while they might get a win on him here and there, he gets his wins back later on, and at the same time, they're not a man until they beat John Cena, a true wrestler and all that stuff. He, he start, There's no one who can be seen as an equal, which is, I think, a serious issue. Um, even Randy Orton, you know, he's there, but... Uh, you know, no one wants to see Randy Orton and John Cena anytime soon. Um, and I think Seth Rollins could benefit from winning both titles and kind of have like a Jericho-like thing when Jericho beat both Rock and Austin years ago. That's that's about the only plausible outcome I could see in terms of like a, a, a big benefit. Uh, John Cena winning both. Unless for some reason they've decided at SummerSlam 2015 that they want him to turn heel and be the big bad, which I'd be all for. Trust me, I would be all for that. Um, but I do see at some sort of fishiness with Triple H, and, and I believe that we're going to get some sort of disqualification or something. The title's not going to – neither title's going to change hands. Uh, you know, the bait and switch, which doesn't speak well for your second biggest show of the year, if you're going to use it there. Honestly, I, I see Seth Rollins winning with some sort of interference. Which brings us to our main event, the build too big for WrestleMania, Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker. All right, yeah. Um, I feel that this build has been very weird with The Undertaker playing uh, the heel, uh, going for low blows, and um, Brock, you know, just playing that, that, that face after months and months of Heyman coming out and being booed because he kept saying that he he was the one behind the one uh and 21 and one and i don't understand the way that this has been built the only reason why i feel is th- th- i feel like this whole show has been built you know 
uh, for WrestleMania, uh, for what's about to come. And, you know, maybe they're establishing Undertaker as a heel, so Cena can face him at uh, in Texas. Otherwise, I don't I don't understand the uh, illogical booking to to a degree, and it, it's surprising because you know Heyman has been a part of it and has made the best of it, and uh, I feel that Undertaker is going to win because otherwise because it's going to kill the Undertaker brand losing to Brock Lesnar uh, once again. I feel it's uh, interesting you know, they decided to do this. 16 months later, now maybe they wanted to give Undertaker a lot of time before they had this matchup. Uh, that could be it because of his health that during that WrestleMania match. I heard he got a concussion and he just wasn't the same. He looked frail and weak and it just looked off, honestly. Um, he had a little bit of traction by beating Bray Wyatt, which is almost never referenced. So now he's Paul Heyman is the one. But it's very silly to hear about this you know, match too big for WrestleMania. If the match is too big for your biggest show of the year, then what's the point of having it on your second biggest show of the year? Eyes and the network. I want to say Undertaker's going to win here because uh, he needs it. Now, his brand, honestly, it, it, it's so powerful that even if he were to lose, yeah, it would stink for a little bit, but for uh, he, he could withstand it. It's not like he's a, a young guy. Even like him and, him and Cena are probably the two people Cena and Lesnar and Orton are the four guys who can't be bothered with wins and losses no matter what. I mean, people always love them. They always hate to see them. I do question why they're doing the heel thing all of a sudden with Undertaker uh, and, and why they chose Minnesota right before you know, they were going to SummerSlam you know, because the, the crowd is really so against Taker. Even if he'd done all the good stuff in the world and didn't hit him with nut shots, I think that a uh, very questionable booking decision. But in Brock Lesnar, he's, he's going to bring the physicality, and people are – I think he should be a little bit worried that Undertaker might get injured again because Brock Lesnar, there's no holding back with him. He'll he'll hit you with everything he's got, and, you know, he, he makes stuff look real, and that's probably because it is. Um, I think Undertaker does need to win here more. That's – yeah, that's, it'll be a good match, but Undertaker will win. Final thoughts on SummerSlam, John? Uh, I think it's going to be a great show. I think that there's definitely some some doubt in viewers' mind on who's going to win uh, which match, and I think that that's the uh, that 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 is what makes wrestling fun is when it's uh, unpredictable, and I feel that that is exactly what we haven't been getting from like Monday Night Raw and whatnot. It just seems like as soon as there's a story that they want to establish. You see the same thing week after week after week until it's drilled in your head. This is what it is. And while it, it, it's effective to get that uh, into your head, it's not. it doesn't really make for the best uh, television and uh, exciting uh, television where someone can come, up, come out of nowhere or, you know, there's a surprise debut or whatnot. You know, it's just... Uh, you get a lot of the same. So, but at the same time, you know, we're being built up to this show, and uh, you know, if NXT, you know, if they have a great show uh, for Takeover, you know, that's only going to make these guys step up, you know, on the main roster, or should make them step up to say we're the main roster for a reason. Yeah, I'm kind of split on this show. Uh, I, I really think the build-up's been 
in regards to half the cards buildup has been really good, and the other half has been at least um, Dolph Ziggler Rusev match, uh, Ryback Big Show Miz, Randy Orton Sheamus. Those all are kind of bland and, and really, you know, what's on the line there. But when you come to John Cena, Seth Rollins has been plagued with, like you said, the dressing down and fighting champion. Even though he's a heel, they can still have guys who are capable of winning. every single time. But on the flip side, you do all these other matches like Kevin Owens, Cesaro, the Arrows, uh, the Divas match, which is going to be a solid you know, match. And for once, it won't be the bathroom break. That's going to belong to Randy Orton versus Sheamus. Uh, I think we're going to get an, a mixed bag of sorts, but I, there's a little thing, little, a little for every fan out there. Um, all in all, it's going to be a successful show. I, if you want to, I'll predict a rate, or out of a five-star, I'll predict it a solid 3.5. Uh, yeah, I, I'd have to agree. It's three and a half stars. It's probably what you're we're gonna get out of this show, unless you know something crazy happens. And you know, and you know, there's there's the potential for uh, Sting uh, to show up uh, during that Brock Lesnar Undertaker match. Uh, and but I feel like a lot of the, uh, surprises, um, like uh, Enzo Cass, will probably be saved for uh, Raw the next night in Brooklyn. And you know, it, it it helps because you know that crowd is going to be there. Uh, Brooklyn's always one of the loudest crowds, and uh, I think that they did a they, you know, as Sean said, it was questionable that they booked, you know, Minnesota, but it's definitely not questionable booking uh, Brooklyn because uh, they are a fiery crowd, and nothing kills a pay-per-view or a regular RAW. Um, stronger than a shitty crowd. You know, you can give the crowd everything that, you know, you think that they want, but if they're not buying it, they're not buying it. So, and these guys don't really switch gears all that much. What they do down at NXT, you know, they bring the Raw, and uh, sometimes it clicks with the crowd, sometimes it doesn't. You know, it clicks really well with the NXT crowd because um, you're dealing with the same crowd week to week at Soul Sale. So it'll be interesting to see uh, NXT in a different environment, but at the same time, uh, the Brooklyn has a, a lot of hardcore fans that understands the uh, NXT product, and uh, I feel that TakeOver is going to be... Uh, TakeOver is the more interesting show to me uh, this weekend because you just never know what you're going to get with NXT. Actually, I know I totally agree with your sting point. That's the one thing I forgot to mention. I think that's a possibility, and... It should be at this point. I think that you know, Sting Undertaker next year at WrestleMania. I, I think it has to happen. Love the fact this year that SummerSlam is not in Los Angeles, which I really didn't. Right now, uh, selling point for one of these more the smarter cities like Chicago, New York, people like fans that know the business of you know. Los Angeles is more like there for the fun. They're there for the pageantry of it all. But they don't really, you know, you don't have those passionate, you know, hot crowds. The crowd is really going to, they'll probably even raise this this show to a four out of five now that I think about it. Um, talk about that broken crowd. And this could be a thing where, the ne you know, next year they do the same kind of thing and put in a smart city or a smart city, I thought I'll say. Uh, so the next night on Raw is just almost just as big as the night before, similar to what they've done with WrestleMania. 
get more of a diverse crowd. People will travel a lot farther to see SummerSlam than all their other shows, obviously. Um, WrestleMania, but if if they can continue to, to to almost model it like a smaller scale WrestleMania, like they should be doing, uh, I just I never understood why they kept it in Los Angeles for all those years. It was it was, it was pretty silly to keep it at one site. Um, but I think it's going to be a great show. But you, you did mention. You know, NXT Brooklyn and the crowd is going to be hot for that, and how that show might even be better or more interesting than SummerSlam. So uh, let's get to that show, actually. Uh, the first, I'm not sure the exact order of the matches are going to be in, but we're going to start with the brand new Apollo Crews, AA, or formerly known as UHA Nation versus Ty Dillinger and Mr. Ten. Uh, yeah, I, I don't necessarily understand the name change outside of uh, the trademark. Uh, I understand that, but like you got Ty Dillinger doing his perfect ten gimmick, which uh, I feel like it's just a novelty at best. I feel that it will work in front of the uh, NXT crowd, but it's kind of like that um, the Adam Rose character, where I feel like Adam Rose character could have worked had they switched him entirely into the heel mode immediately uh, when the crowd wasn't with him. And I feel like that's what will happen with Ty Dillinger if he ever makes it to the main roster, which who knows. Um, but Apollo Crews, I think he's got pretty much everything. Um, uh, his his talking is, is pretty good, and but his ring work is outstanding. And I feel he has the look uh, that Vince wants. And I feel that, uh, you know, with the right backing with Triple H and whatnot, and as long as he has a good attitude backstage and doesn't fall into that trap, uh, I feel like he has a bright future. That uh, it's that's gonna be a fun match, uh, Apollo Cruz. I, I I mean honestly, I have not seen a lot of Uha Nation, but I I mean I've seen clips of him and what he can do with his strength and his agility is just you know almost unparalleled by any other performer on the uh, roster, whether it's NXT or you know WWE. Ty Dillinger, I, I, you know at least the guy's trying something. I'll give him that. It might not be totally working, but, I mean, it's going to work with the NXT crowd, but who knows how it would work on the main roster. I think it does get a little bit repetitive. Sometimes they go to the well once too often with these kind of things, and they need to part that stands out, but they need to develop it and make branches, you know. Gimmick shouldn't be one branch. It should be a tree. And, you know, different when something else is getting tired or not working. Uh, we all know Paul Cruz is going to win here based off, you know, the hype behind him. And... He'll he'll get his time to shine. It's going to be a great match in terms. You know, Ty Dillinger is a veteran. He knows how to handle these things. Uh, we're going to have a Baron Corbin versus Samoa Joe. It's going to be the Unstoppable Force versus the Wrecking Machine. All right, yeah, uh, Samoa Joe. Uh, I don't know. I've never really understood his character. I never really got him. I I don't really like his NXT stuff. I never liked his TNA stuff. Uh, I didn't really watch his uh, Ring of Honor stuff. It just feels like we get the same thing over and over again, where if he was a monster heel, I'd understand. But he's he's constantly fighting these good battles. But when he gets into the ring, he fights like this monster heel. And it's it's just it, there's a disconnect with me. And the funny thing is, is when I listen to the shoot interviews with Samoa Joe, whether it's on the Jim Ross podcast or – a number of these things, he's an incredibly engaging, funny character. And I, I feel that if he would just tap into that and show us something different, he could be an amazing character. On the flip side of that, you got Baron Corbin, who 
Uh, he's got the size. He's got the look that they want. Uh, but I don't, I don't necessarily understand this whole, well, you wrestle in high school gyms and whatnot where – that's gonna that's gonna reach a small small portion of the audience, just like you know Ring of Honor only reaches a small small portion of the the wrestling audience. So why would you want to build a feud around that? Uh, but at the same time, I feel that Baron Corbin is the NXT brand. I don't think that Samoa Joe is. So I feel that Baron Corbin's gonna win. I do agree with the Baron Corbin prediction. Um, Samoa Joe is a star, and he can, in a star in the sense of he's had a reasonable amount of success over the last 10 years, whether it's on independent scene or in TNA. Um, I think he can withstand a loss here. Uh, Baron Corbin at this point really does need a win because they're trying to, you know, build him as a young up-and-comer. Uh, sometimes I uh, I buy him. Other times, you know, he was in a little bit of a uh, a rut, you know. Came out, you know, strong initially, you know, defeated. Then he defeated Bull Dempsey and all that stuff. And then he kind of regressed a little bit, went back to his little wins, you know, it, Counting along to his matches, both of them within 30 seconds, if that. Uh, I think it'll be a short affair, uh, a lot of power moves. Samoa Joe, like you said, his run in NXT hasn't been all that impressive. I, I did mark out when he came out against Kevin Owens because that gave us a small, you know, small sample of what could be. But Samoa Joe is very limited in terms of potential at this point. WWE just want to see what they could have with him. And if he, you know, when he does make it to the main roster, he's going to have to make some sort of adjustment to really get people, you know, interested in him. And I, I can see him as a heel. Uh, the face, he, he just doesn't offer a lot, really. He doesn't. He, promos are very limited. He's, you know, he's more in that, in that, you know, promo role where he can say short, quick things. But I don't see expensive things. Corbin's going to win this one and should. Well, up next, we're going to have the – oh, I'm sorry. That's right. I was thinking the Fatal 4 match they're going to have later on NXT in the week. We'll just get to that one right now. It's, it's actually the co-main event, but we're going to talk about Sasha Banks defending her title against Bayley. Uh, yeah, uh, I feel that Bayley's going to win. I feel like it's been set up. Sasha's ready to move to the main roster. She's going to move to the main roster, and – Bailey, you know, she beat Charlotte, she beat Becky, uh, and now she gets to face Sasha. And it was really, really interesting how they uh, made her snap against uh, Sasha on uh, um, on NXT last week because um, because. She's the face, and she was the one. And it could have been easily that Sasha was the one that hit her first, but the, the crowd went with Bailey. You know, they they saw that she kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed too far, and she finally snapped. And uh, but I, I feel that she's gonna win. I feel that she's deserving of the win. Uh, it's it's very rare because you know most of these sh- these uh, characters that are so you know good and lovable. Uh, it's hard to convince me that they're gonna translate that well, but uh, she 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 seems like a great performer and she knows her character and I feel that she's going to win. I do like the booking they did on, on NXT where they had Sasha Banks choose not to attack her, which is normally a heel move. But the way I view Sasha Banks is she knows she's so good, so she doesn't have to I guess stoop to that level. Bailey's kind of like a little sister trying to impress the big sister and she she wants to prove herself. 
So, of course, she's going to have to grab her attention any way she can. And I, I totally understand that. Normally, I'm not a fan of uh, the face attacking the heel because it, it makes a lot of sense. And it also added a spark and makes Sasha want to beat her even more. And Bailey's like, you know, I'm in your head and I'm going to try to win that title. And when she does beat Sasha tonight, because that's what's going to happen, uh, it would make absolutely no sense to keep this title on Sasha at this point. Uh, I believe Bailey can actually use that in the future, not only in NXT, but also in WWE. She, when she comes to the main roster, she can say, hey, I beat Becky, I beat um, Charlotte, and I beat Sasha. And those are kind of like your Mount Rushmore of NXT divas. That is a, uh, a selling point on our, or a resume builder of sorts. So tonight, Bailey's going to win. It's going to be a hell of a match, though. These women can really go, and uh, it's going to be a very fun uh, co-main event, to say the least. Now we're going to have the Tag Team Championships on the line. Uh, the super charismatic Blake and Murphy defending their championships against the Vaude Villains. Uh, yeah. Um, well, the Vaude Villains have teased that there's going to be um, another woman uh, that joins it. Joins them to face uh, so, so they can so because they can attack Alexa Bliss, uh, which she has been doing because uh, Alexa Bliss has been slapping the Vaude Villains uh, week after week, and I feel that with that uh, new woman, if they're uh, serious about you know, I, I think that they're going to give the the titles to the Vaude Villains uh, with the the addition. Uh, you know who the uh... I don't know the rumored. Uh, person, so Sean will fill you in. I have no idea who the, the woman would be. I mean, it makes complete sense though because they've they've been teasing that line with uh, Alexa Bliss and you know, Bob Dylan's having you know chivalry of sorts for the, for her. Dick and Murphy really do nothing for me. They're probably another good workers. Way uh, I was very surprised when they actually won the titles from the Lucha Dragons. the titles at this point against Bob Dylan's winning tonight because there's a lot more they can do with their gimmick and whoever it is. But uh, it, it'll be an, a, a good match. Nothing electrifying, but they're, they're all ring veterans and they're all savvy and you know, they know how to entertain the crowd. And Alexa Bliss, honestly, she's really improved over these last few months. Especially with her heel work. I think she's Especially with that, that move off the top rope. What does she call it? Uh, I'm not sure, but that's the funny thing. Is just, like, as a heel, you're not really supposed to do anything that's, like, that impresses the fans in a way. So, it, it, it while it's a cool move, um, I feel like it's uh, contradictory to the uh, the Blake and Murphy uh, heel um, characters. But at the same time, uh, I do feel that she's a rising star. And I feel that she'll make it to the main roster way before Blake and Murphy do it, unless they keep that uh, trio together. Uh, because, but once Blake and Murphy lose Alexa Bliss, I feel that they'll, you know, be in obscurity because they don't really bring anything to the table personality-wise. Like this could actually be the oh, like what he's fifty. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, he, you know, he's definitely older, but he—he, he, he, I haven't seen him lately. But I would only assume that he can still bring it uh, to a 
Tyler Breeze is one of the most overlooked superstars in NXT. He's had he's flirted with the title contention and, and, and almost won the title so many times. Uh, he's he's truly ready to be on the main roster. He might he, he won't even need a title run to uh, to cement that. So I, I think that uh, Breeze is definitely going to win tonight, and it's going to be a hell of a match and a match that a lot of people are going to overlook. Um, at least a, a solid 15 to I don't think Liger would be blown up, but I do see this being a really competitive match that Breeze wins. It might take more than one beauty shot, but he'll win. I'm going to go the opposite way on that, only because I feel that Liger is like the special, uh, the special appearance tonight, and I feel that the, the crowd is going to be with Liger. So... And Breeze, uh, I feel that he can easily um, recover from this loss. Uh, he can say that you know he ran he ran uh, Liger out of the territory uh, if if they want to or out of NXT that he's never going to be seen again out of the country, etc. Um, I feel that his his character uh, bleeds into that lying aspect, uh, that, that fakeness of being a model. So, you know, I feel that they're going to give it to uh, to Liger tonight. That leaves us with one match left on the card. The Probably the biggest main event in NXT history is going to be Finn Balor, NXT champion, defending his title against Kevin Owens in a ladder match, which I'm really excited. Uh, what kind of thoughts do you have on this one, John? Uh, I feel that... Um, I feel that Kevin Owens is probably best suited for NXT at the moment. Uh, And Finn Balor, really, he wants to be in NXT. He said it in an interview where that he feels that they're starting a revolution in NXT and it's more exciting to be in NXT than on the main roster at the moment. Uh, So I guess I'm curious as to who's going to win. Uh, Kevin Owens seems like he he's a WWE guy. He wants to be on the main roster. So I'm guessing that Baylor wins. But at the same time, uh, Kevin Owens has asked for this ladder match. And I feel that they're, 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 they're probably going to let him uh, take the title here. I'm really looking forward to this match. And uh, it's funny you say, you know, Baylor says he wants to stay. In NXT, uh, I can see why it's more exciting. It's almost like when I think of these pro athletes, these college kids who want to go to the pros and they, they after one year, you know, it's there's you know college, you know, yeah, you can make all that money, but college is more fun. It's just like you can, you don't have the freedom you had before. So they really trust you. you. Don't want to rush Balor, obviously. I think in the next within. He'll be their their Cena level, you know, face. Uh, organically, with Adam Rose or other people who you know who really um, could have benefited from more time in NXT. I think they've taken that right approach with the Divas because uh, the Divas were have had been in NXT for almost too long. Uh, I don't agree with the introduction of them uh, on the main roster. But I do agree that they, they were all seasoned and ready to go by the time they got there. Now, with this match, I think Balor, you know, we all know he brings out the beast or the demon. The demon, I'm sorry. 
uh, and we know it's going to be interesting to see the paint job they use for him uh, this uh, this event. What we all know the move set he has, and he's exciting. And then Kevin Owens has shown that you know, yeah, he's not the most athletic-looking guy, but the moves he can do and the cardio he has, he's no ZZ in the ring. Uh, the, I love the ladder match aspect, and it's not like they came out one week and started attacking each other with ladders, and then they said, let's have a ladder match. No. What they did is, it, you know, Kevin Owens was like, I don't trust you all with this matchup, and I want to have it so the ref can't play a part in this. So I totally love the rationale for the match, and ladder matches are always fun. Sometimes you get these TLC matches, and they're trying too hard and whatnot, and, you know, ladder matches brings it back to the basics. Uh, guys trying to climb for that belt. And obviously with Balor's moveset, he'll, he'll think of some interesting ways to, to get the crowd into it. And Kevin Owens, I mean, I, I only see, I see some terrifying spots that these guys are going to try to pull, whether, you know, I see a powerbomb through one of They'll probably have some worked ladders. Uh, Balor's going to probably try to do his stomp on Owens, you know, into a ladder or something like that. Uh, Balor's going to retain here. I've heard rumors of Kevin Owens winning. And right now he could benefit from being on NXT, even though it's, roster experience, and he had been signed to the main roster a few months ago. WWE who aren't behind him, well, there are obviously the other ones who are. Pondering in the mid-card, the upper mid-card. But I still, I just think Balor is a strong champion, and whenever he puts up, brings up the demon, there's almost no chance for anyone to beat him. What would you uh, predict this, this whole card is going to be out of five stars, John? Out of five stars, um, I'd probably say about three and a half. Uh, because um, I don't think that you can necessarily have um, a five star with uh, probably a squash match going with Apollo Crews. And, uh, well, it, it's really going to be interesting with Corbin and Samoa Joe only because Corbin's uh, moveset has been severely limited lately. And he said that he will bring out more from his arsenal. Um, but uh, it remains to be seen what that, that is. Um, obviously, you have Bailey against Sasha Banks, where you're, uh, you've got a young, uh, the, the up-and-coming uh, Bailey, uh, who's like finally clicking with the crowd in NXT. Uh, I, think, I think there's a lot of bright spots to this card. And so I'm going to go with three and a half. I totally agree. There's a lot of bright spots on this card, um, and the way that the card is set up, you know, you can't get the full, you can't get the full five out of it. Um, exciting stuff from them, and Corbin and, and Samoa Joe might not be the, you know, the longest match, uh, but it, I was impressed to see Corbin do his finisher. Finisher, where you, I mean, you, if you do that, you got to have a lot of torque and a lot of strength to get behind it and, and hold on to the guy. And it's Dillinger match. Four out of five in print prediction, and we'll see. It's really going to be a lot of great exposure for these young guys. Uh, especially in, on the biggest show. Definitely going to be good for everyone. And so 
WWE that NXT can handle, you know, traveling. Four out of five stars. Essentially, like, there's a mission that you go on, yeah. where, um, I think, like, there's guards and stuff where, yeah, I think it's, like, I think it's a cop car.
current um, a little bit of them in the young bucks though because they have that NJ
One part that I like.
Oh. 